so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. Welcome to the Digital Public Square, a podcast from the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission about ethics, theology, and philosophy in today's society. I'm your host, Jason Thacker, and I serve as Chair of Research and Technology Ethics and also help lead the ERLC Research Institute. Each week, I'm joined by some of society's most influential thinkers, writers, and leaders to talk about the important ideas shaping our society today, as well as some of the top issues of life in the digital public square. Our goal with this podcast is to equip you to navigate these issues with biblical wisdom and insight. As always, alongside this podcast, we also have the Weekly Tech newsletter that you can sign up to receive each Monday morning. This resource is designed to prepare you to think deeply about the pressing ethical issues of technology, as well as life in the digital public square. You can subscribe now at jasonthacker.com slash weeklytech. Well, welcome back to the Digital Public Square podcast. Today's going to be a little different from a lot of the things we normally do on the podcast, where I host an author or leader or writer to talk about some of the big ideas that are shaping the public square today. Today, I want to talk to you about my new book, Following Jesus in a Digital Age, that releases today with Beanage. As we've talked a lot about here on the podcast, we talk about the relationship not only of the Bible and technology, but also specifically how we think through a lot of these issues from an ethical perspective. One of the most common questions I receive and a lot of what we've been talking about here on the podcast is what does the Bible actually say about the nature of technology in the digital public square? Now, this question can't really be addressed by looking up social media, algorithms, or technology, or even the internet in the back of your Bible or in your concordance. And so a lot of people just assume walking away from that, that it can be easy for the church to just believe that technology really isn't an issue we need to focus on, or it's one that the Bible doesn't really give us clear guidance about how to think about. Part of this apathy, I think, surrounding technology is that it may seem that the Bible really doesn't address these type of questions that we're asking in our digital society today, especially around the formative nature of social media, questions of content moderation, questions of privacy, how truth is being redefined before our eyes in light of misinformation and fake news and conspiracy theories, or how many of us are seeking to craft identities online through these tools to be seen in the right light by the right people and kind of craft our online identities that are often distinct and disconnected from our real life. But in recent years, there's been kind of a growing trend throughout Christianity, especially evangelicalism, where a number of leaders have started to talk about the nature of technology, what is technology, and specifically social media and how it's shaping and forming us in many ways. And one of the things that we've done here on the podcast is we've hosted a number of leaders from Dr. Noble, Alan Noble from Oklahoma Baptist University, Jacob Schatzer from Union University. We've had a number of thinkers and figures to talk about kind of the growing ways that technology is forming and shaping us as people. And really kind of the driving factor behind why I wanted to write this new book, Following Jesus in the Digital Age, 
is to explore not just that technology is a tool, but it's a tool that's not neutral. Often when we talk about technology, we'll talk about it in light of it being good or bad or neutral. In reality, it's none of the above. It's not good in and of itself. It's also not evil in and of itself. It's also not neutral. And what we mean by neutral is that it's not it is deeply altering and forming us when we use these technologies. It reminds me of the verse in Romans 12 where Paul writes in Romans 12 too, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Paul is assuming there that we are all being conformed. We are all being in many ways discipled and shaped by the world around us. And in an increasingly digital and technological society, these tools are deeply shaping and forming us. They're altering our perception of God, ourselves, and even the world around us. So even though we may say, well, technology is not really forming and shaping me, I have a little thought experiment that I kind of play out in the book a little bit. If you think about how much time you actually spend connected to God and His Word and His people, and you start to add that up, you think, you know, maybe you gather on Saturday or Sunday morning for a couple hours. Maybe you serve in various capacities in your local church. You have a small group that you attend. So maybe you're thinking there about four, maybe five hours at most, even if we're being pretty gracious. You have friends that you connect with, and that's a few hours a week. You have your Bible study and your personal time of prayer you may at most get 10 to 15 hours. And for most of us, I think that'd be pretty generous about time that we're directly investing in our discipleship and are becoming more like Christ. But when you start to think about the devices that are always around us, I mean, typically within a foot or two of us at all times, we have some form of digital technology. We have our smartphones example. I know for me, I often feel uneasy in some ways. And when my phone's not directly next to me, or when I place it in another room and I can't find it. And so much so that we're already starting to have wearable devices because of the convenience factor that comes along with these technologies where we can get text messages and phone calls and notifications even on our wrist or increasingly through smart glasses and other wearable technology. You start to think about how often these tools are around us. It's almost 24-7. For some of you, you may have better habits and patterns, but for me, I still sleep with my phone charging next to me. Uh, While I'm not as tied to my phone as I once was, I often pick it up in the morning and I pick it up right before bed. And you can see that from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, we're being deeply shaped and formed by the things we're experiencing, the things that we're being exposed to. And they're deeply and yet subtly affecting the way that we view ourselves, the way we view God, even the way we view the world around us. So what is this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, never leaving our side? What is technology doing to us and forming us and shaping us? And that was one of the primary reasons why I wanted to write this book, Following Jesus in Digital Age, is to slow down in an age of speed and efficiency, to slow down and start to ask some of the hard questions about what is technology and what is it actually doing to us? And how do we then seek to follow Jesus, especially in light of biblical wisdom in this digital age? This book was specifically written for the everyday believer. I know on this podcast, many of you are readers. You're very active. You're engaged. You're Whether you're academics or in law or in medicine or your families who are kind of more plugged in and engaged on a lot of these issues, even listening through our podcast, we have a number of authors and thinkers, and we recommend a number of books for people to check out. I wanted to write this book specifically for those who may not be readers, who may not be super engaged on these issues, but also to challenge those who are. 
to slow down and to think specifically about the way that technology is shaping us. This book was specifically written for the church to aid believers in thinking wisely about technology through the lens of Scripture and to expose how these tools are altering the way that we perceive the world around us. This book was designed to help us understand the deeply formative nature of technology, that it's not just simply a tool that we use in whichever way we want, but in reality, it's not just that we use these tools, but in many ways, they're using us. They're shaping and forming the way that we see ourselves and the way that we see the world around us. Technology is indeed a tool, but it's one that's shaping and discipling us in very distinct ways as part of this kind of larger culture. So this book is really built on this idea of an expanded view of technology that we've talked about a few times here on the podcast so far, and it's written with a call to cultivate biblical wisdom for the digital age, because the Bible tells us that wisdom is not just good advice or something that we should take into account, but it really is the way it combines a rich understanding of how God has revealed himself to us, really the nature of theology, these big beliefs as well as a specific call on how to live in light of those truths. Because without a deep understanding of how technology is shaping and forming us, we can often feel like powerless pawns, kind of blaming others for how technology is altering our perception of reality and how we engage with other image bearers. Throughout our communities, churches, and our families, we're faced with a lot of challenging questions about what to do about kind of the addictive nature and our addictive relationship with technology, where we simply at times just feel like we can't put it down. Or when we do, we kind of get lost in these kind of individualistic kind of curated worlds, specifically through our smartphones and social media. But also we need to think about how we can use these powerful tools with wisdom, especially in the midst of divided and polarized times. Because the scriptures are clear that Christ calls us to follow him as we seek to, as we read about in Matthew 22, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. So in light of that calling, we have to think wisely about these tools and how to use them to glorify God in every single aspect of our life, rather than simply letting these tools subtly shape us in ways that are often contrary to our faith. So building on that idea of technology as discipling us and shaping how we view God, ourselves, and the world around us, each chapter in this book, after that initial chapter, is really built on the specific ways that I see technology altering and shaping our realities in terms of how we think about the nature of truth, especially in an age that's so easily persuaded by misinformation, conspiracy theories, disinformation, fake news, and even growing uses of deepfake technology. We also spend a little bit of time focusing about the ways that these tools are kind of altering the way that we take responsibility for our actions. And I think there are some legitimate questions that we've talked about here on the podcast and we'll continue to talk about in coming episodes and coming weeks about the role of government and the role of private industry in regulating or kind of altering the way that these tools are made and used and employed. But one of the things that we need to alongside that conversation, that really worthy conversation, is to step aside and say, also, what kind of personal moral responsibility do we have? Technology isn't just some unstoppable force. It isn't something that's just controlled by those people out there. It's also something that we have a distinct role and responsibility and even moral agency to start thinking deeply about the way, the things that we expose ourselves to, the things that we expose other people to, the way that we utilize these technologies and how they shape our view of the world. And lastly, we talk a lot about in the book, chapter four, specifically about how we craft our identities in a modern society. 
a lot of times the word identity or the language of our identity is kind of uh, misused and abused, talking about it's very individualistic. It's something that's self-defined about who I am and my truth and my reality. But when we start thinking about the way the Bible talks about our identities, our identity is in Christ. It's in the Creator God who made all things. And in Jesus Christ as Son, as new creations in Christ, our ultimate identity is rooted in Him as we are specifically made as all human beings in the very image of God, made for that type of relationship. But as we clearly know from the scriptures, our sin has broken our relationship with God. It's broken that relationship, but it didn't damage that Imago Dei or that image of God. That image of God is something that remains whole. It's a status that we have as human beings. And it's something that as we start to think about our identity as not only as image bearers of God, not only as new creation as Christians, new creations in Christ, but even specifically about how we view one another. I think in an incredibly polarized and kind of tension-filled land and a society and time that we live in, it's often just us versus them. We start to think in very polarized terms. We start to think about the far left or the far right. We start to think about the fringe groups. We start to isolate and kind of pull ourselves into these very distinct and kind of curated, very personalized and individualistic communities online where it's very tempting for us to want to say the right thing or to present ourselves in a right way or to comment on things in order to be aligned with the right type of people or to be on the right side of history. And one of the things that we do in the digital age is that we seek to craft our identities and present ourselves as either different than we are in real life online, or we start to present ourselves in specific ways in order to curry favor or to gain voting block or influence over other people. But as Christians, we know specifically from the scriptures that we're to be the same type of person, whether it's online or offline. We're to be Christians. We're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that is specific calling, whether it's in real life or even online, to be that type of person that reflects Christ in everything we do. So when we start to cultivate more of a biblical understanding of these tools, how they're forming and shaping us, and how to navigate these challenges, my hope is that it will help us to be more present, engaged, and connected, whether in our families, whether in our communities, whether in our churches and and small groups, and even in our workplaces. Because reality is navigating this digital age can be a very daunting task. I wrote this book to give readers a vision for how God can enable us to navigate such a complicated and digital world. This book was written to remind all of us that God isn't surprised or taken back by these innovations and the progress that we've made. But in many ways, it's also to remind us that His Word is sufficient. It's sufficient for navigating these challenges before us. So amidst the confusion and the seeming chaos of our day, We can engage on these pressing issues of technology from a place of hope, a place of peace, rooted in the fact that God is who he said he is, that he is in control of all things, that Jesus is sitting on the throne, that the victory has already been won, and that his plans, his calling on our life, this ethical calling on our life about how we're to live in light of these truths is good. It's good for us. God's design is good for us. And I think this is one of the the functions of biblical wisdom that really has to frame the entire conversation around technology and the church and what it means to follow Jesus in the digital age. One of the things that I want to make sure to point out about this book is specifically for those of you who are ministry leaders, pastors, ministry leaders, 
that are moms and dads leading your families is that I have a specific appendix uh, for you as leaders in the book. It's a specific note to leaders because real in reality, each and every day, our people, including ourselves, are being deeply formed and shaped by technology. And in reality, it's become one of the primary disciplers of our people. And so thus, we as leaders must be thinking wisely about these tools, not only in our own lives, given the responsibility and influence that God has given us, but also how to be good shepherds, how to care for people and lead people well, especially as they are kind of inundated and overwhelmed by the sheer amount of information that they're exposed to today, to remind them to use these tools with wisdom and in line with the biblical calling to love God and to love our neighbors ourselves that we read about in Matthew 22. We live in incredibly divided, intense times, and technology and social media plays a significant role in these conversations. But we have to remember as leaders that all of our people are being deeply shaped and formed by these things. And so I wanted to kind of end the book a little bit on a hopeful note, but also a specific note for leaders to say, I understand some of the challenges before you. I've met with a number of pastors and ministry leaders and workplace leaders to say, I know that there are a lot of challenges before you, but not only is there hope, but there are also tools, whether it's this book or some other resources we're putting together here at the ERLC, this book specifically, Following Jesus in a Digital Age. We also have a Bible study version of this, a small group study that's a six-week study that'll come out on December of this year. We have an academic volume coming out next February called The Digital Public Square, Christian Ethics in a Technological Society as well as one of the things that I specifically wanted to write for students and also youth workers is a little book called A Student's Guide to Social Media that'll be coming out with Christian Focus and next January. It's a small little book to kind of unpack some of these concepts specifically in light of teenagers and students to help them think about and process and how to, what does it mean to follow Jesus and the digital age in which they inhabit as well. Because as church leaders, we have to think deeply about these powerful tools. Technology is not something that we can address far off down the road. It's not something kind of super disconnected from our daily lives because we live within a digital age. We live within a technological society where every single aspect time in our day is kind of inundated and connected to this kind of technological system that we live in. And so I think it's behooven of leaders to think deeply about these tools, not as a separate set of issues that we can preach and teach on, but an element of all of the aspects of things we do. It's one of the things that we do here on this podcast and specifically here at the ERLC and the research that I lead is helping to say that technology, again, isn't a separate set of issues, but it really undergirds as an element of all of the other issues from marriage and sexuality issues to human dignity issues to biblical justice issues from the way that we order and structure our society even getting into international issues and even international human rights is the way that technology is deeply forming and shaping us and is an element of all of these various tools. So my hope with this book is twofold. First, I hope that readers will walk away seeing how technology is deeply shaping every single aspect of our life and to see how we can slow down in an age that wants to go faster, better, and stronger to slow down and to think wisely about these tools rather than just adopting new technologies or using new technologies without reflection, but also not rejecting the good gift that God has given us in technology that can be used and harnessed in ways that honor Him, glorify Him, and help us to love our neighbors ourselves. Second, I hope that readers will walk away 
seeing how God's word applies to every single aspect of our life, including our relationship with technology. There are so many things that are hitting us, so many questions that we're wrestling with and big ideas and important concepts that we're struggling not only in our families and our personal lives, but even in the public square itself. There are a lot of big questions being asked. And as Christians, we know that God's word speaks to all of life, not just our personal lives, but also our social life and building out a social ethic, a way that we start to think about the way God's truth applies in the public square and specifically through a host of these kind of social issues. And I think that the big paradigm that we can walk away with when we start to think about how to use technology or how to navigate the culture before us, how to navigate a lot of the challenges that may be very technologically oriented or maybe not, is to cultivate this idea of biblical wisdom as a central component of Christian discipleship and as the foundation for how we navigate all of life. So one of my hopes, big hopes, not only for this project, but specifically this podcast and the weekly tech newsletter that you can sign up to get each Monday morning, these resources are designed to prepare you to think deeply about the pressing issues of our day, the issues of the public square, the issues of technology, the issues that we face in our families and our communities and churches, and to do so from a hopeful perspective, a perspective of seeing who God is and how he's called us to live in light of those truths. And so one of the things that we'll do uh, throughout this podcast, we have a number of episodes coming up that we're going to focus on and interviewing authors and talking about big ideas throughout these next few months and into next year is to start thinking wisely about the way that we cultivate and think about the nature of the Christian ethic in this age in which we live. And so it'd be I would be honored if you would take a few minutes to check out the book. You can go to jasonthacker.com slash digital age to learn more about the book. And also I'd encourage you to check it out. You can buy it wherever books are sold, especially on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and other places. You can check out all those links there on the website. It's jasonthacker.com slash digital age. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can email us at weeklytech at erlc.com. You can also leave a review. You can contact us via the, the newsletter and just hear, what do you think about the book? What are some of the things that you're being challenged with? Some of the questions that are still underlying that you're wondering about. And hopefully through a lot of that feedback, we can talk about those things here on the podcast because I want this to be a resource that helps you to think wisely about the ways that we engage as Christians in the digital public square today. Well, as always, from all of us here at the Digital Public Square, I want to say thank you for listening. It really is a joy to come together and to talk about these big ideas that are forming and shaping us as people and also the way we engage in the public square today. If you enjoy the Digital Public Square podcast, would you consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcasting app? These reviews really help us to know how we're doing and also to share the word about the podcast with others. And as a reminder, you can check out not only all of the past episodes and some of the leading thinkers and figures that we've had here on the podcast in the show notes, but you can also check out this book, Following Jesus in the Digital Age. And there's a host of resources that you can check out there at jasonthacker.com slash podcast. Also, one of the things that I want to make sure you know about is to be able to sign up for the weekly tech email briefing that comes out each Monday morning. This resource is designed to prepare you to think deeply about the pressing ethical issues of technology today, as well as to stay up to date on the latest technology news. You can sign up at jasonthacker.com slash weekly tech. The Digital Public Square is a production of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission and is hosted and produced by Jason Thacker. Production assistance is provided by Caden Christian and technical production provided by Owens Productions. It's edited and mixed by Mark Owens. Thank you and I hope you have a great week.